Long days and blizzard nights. Um, thank you very much for tuning in this week. Um, our interview, I sound like This American Life. And our next interview is Krista Miller, who is my sister. And we um, sit down and have a really nice chat about the arts and what it's like to be a parent and, and relationships and all these wonderful complex things about being alive. Um, she is an artist and a painter and a poet and a writer and she's done some acting and a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful human being uh, with a lot of courage to do what she does on a daily basis. I'm really proud of her. I hope she listens to this and gets a little misty-eyed. Um, also, um, some house business, I guess, what's it, cleaning house or whatever, um, if you go to patreon.com, look up positive and negative, you can donate there if you have the means and the mind to, um, I'm not gonna check in on everybody, so if you don't, I'm not gonna be mad at you, because that would be impossible to track that. Also know that I have another podcast called Smuggle Buddies, which is on iTunes, if you look into Smuggle Buddies, it's a actual play of, um, Star Wars Edge of the Empire, it could not be more different than this program. But if you like Star Wars and role-playing games and um, dick jokes, tune into that. It's a pretty good time. I've really enjoyed playing that with my friends. Um, Molly, my other sister, and Miles, my roommate, and my other roommate, Colby, I'll do that. Thanks for listening. You're my other sister! I have two! Yes, it's true. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, what you say is correct. Okay. Um, and, uh, and, uh, yeah. So you grew up with me. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh. So you grew up with me. I'm also sorry. Good. Now we got that part of that out of the way. Whew. Wait, you skip it off. Okay, well, no, no, no. What do you want to do for, like, the next hour? That was all I had planned, so, <laughs> like. You're not very good at planning, then, are you? Um, no. Um,. But, uh, so you, you grew up with me, homeschooled, uh, in the, in South Dakota? Yes, in South Dakota. Okay, what was that like? I know what it was like, but tell um, people. you mean what was South Dakota like, or what were you like? No, not what <laughs> I was, I like, I think I've been pretty clear about what I have been, and always will be like, what was South Dakota like, growing up? Um, it was fun, I liked it, um... <laughs> Let's see. I had hardly any friends, but that's not okay. uh, uncommon for me. Um, but I did get quite bored. I was very happy to move to Minnesota because it was going to be like the big city and mm -hmm. they actually had escalators and I'd never seen an escalator. So I was so excited about, you know, yeah. seeing and riding the escalators. I, I was like 11. so <laughs> That's awesome. That was a thing. Uh-huh. Okay. And so you did that kid, like lack of people being interested in you continue once you went to Minnesota? Yes. Or, so you just moped around and didn't have any friends? Or? Uh, pretty much. Well, we were in the um, homeschool, the Christian homeschool community. Yeah. And I just didn't identify with any of the people there. Um, not into gingham? Yeah, not so much. But oh. yeah, it was, it's very, very much the stereotypical Christian homeschoolers. They, yeah, they wore the long dresses mm -hmm. and had the long hair and they didn't talk about anything interesting. That I know. The boys did, but then they wouldn't talk to me because they were boys. Mm, I see. So, I... And then there were there were a couple of interesting people there, but for some reason we just never co connected. Or they already had, like, a group of friends that they hung out with. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I did martial arts that I actually found my people. Your people? Yeah. Which people. are hitty people? Yes. Very punchy people. Punchy and kicky people. <laughs> okay. In martial arts. Okay, and what martial arts do you know? Um, I did Hapkido. Mm -hmm. For a while, um, then I did jujitsu a little bit for a while. Okay. Then I did karate and kabuto, and kabuto is weaponry. Okay. For a little while, and now I'm back to jujitsu. Okay. And which one um, is your favorite? Um, that's kind of difficult to actually answer. Yeah, that's why I did uh, it. I'm a good, I'm a Charlie Rose style interviewer. <laughs> uh I'd say probably jujitsu was mm -hmm. more comprehensive. Because um, they do striking, they do grappling, then they do throws and um, joint locks as well. So you kind of get everything. 
-hmm. although it's not like specifically focused on one thing so it's also so i also appreciate the other martial arts for their um their focus on the the one aspect and then bringing it all together mm -hmm. is good too now i've only um really looked into a couple of them but the most recent martial art that I've been looking into his Wing Chun, and that's like Kung Fu, sure. and that like they do a whole full like comprehensive mind, body, spirit thing. And is that also sure. incorporated in Jiu Jitsu and all of Hapkido or whatever? Um, yes, but probably not to the extent that they do it in Kung Fu. Okay. Um, Kung Fu has a lot of it's it's learning how to fight, but there's also <clears throat> the um, cultural. Uh, aspect to it. Um, Jiu-Jitsu is mostly learning how to fight. Okay. Um, it doesn't have, it has a little bit of the um, cultural aspect to it, but it's not as comprehensive as, say, um, yeah, Kung Fu. Okay. Or, you know, like Capoeira has its own cultural Capoeira? Thing. Yes, Capoeira. You mean like the world's largest rodent, or? No, that's Capybara. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> so it's Capoeira. Capoeira is this is a fun martial art where um, it's it's kind of uh, dancing in a way. You oh, know, yeah, where fight you do, dancing. Yeah, yeah. So you do very wide kicks mm -hmm. and and a lot of <laughs> circular motion, and it incorporates a ton of culture into mm -hmm. the martial art. Okay. Um, and jujitsu is is more finding the most effective way to hurt somebody. Okay, so. that explains that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Okay, um, and since uh, there's a certain level of comfortability in as much as you are my sister, um, so does did that translate, because you were an angry teenager, did that, like, very a angry. very angry teenager, um, did you, uh... I changed my name to Death Wish. Oh, or... what? I missed that. What? <laughs> At least I tried, I told people my name was Death Wish. I was very goth. Yeah, very, like, that's goth, very... goth, punk type. That's very overdramatic yeah. as well. It is. It is horribly overdramatic. <laughs> but as you know, it was in a pretty dramatic family. Yes, we do a bit. It's like, oh, the Millers over there, they're doing what's just that we're like the Skywalkers. Like, oh, something's wrong. It's got to be the Millers this time. What'd they do? Yeah, pretty um, much. But uh, so you, that I assume like you took all that ingresso, like some of it out on in martial arts. And... Yes, it was a very good focus mm -hmm. for my aggression. And it also taught me um, a little more self-control, mm -hmm. which is kind of scary when you think about it. Yes, horrifying the... even. <laughs> <laughs> because of the little self-control I had, mm -hmm. I learned from martial arts. So. Fair enough. <clears throat> it was also very, very, very good for my ADHD, mm -hmm. which was really, really bothering me at the time. Yeah. My ADHD spiked, my depression spiked. That's a fun was, combination. Yeah, it is. Of it's being sad and not being able to focus. Yes, exactly. So it did give me some focus and, um, you know, made me a little happier because I had friends now. Mm -hmm. that, that does <laughs> As opposed to the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Up until that point. Yeah. Uh, all right. <laughs> Good. Um, did, like, I know from, once again, what I've kind of been looking into for, like, Wing Chun and other stuff, and it's uh, it's about, like, and did it, the focus come from the act of performing katas, or was it from, like, regulating your breathing, or, like, learning how to meditate, or, um, what did it, how did that help? Well, it's a little bit, martial arts is a little bit different from other sports, mm -hmm. because, um, with, because you're so focused on your internal self. Mm-hmm. Like, the way martial arts work is you have to get your internal self under control in order to control your surroundings. Mm -hmm. So, like, in order to stand properly, you have to be aware, you have, that, have to have that body awareness of, okay, how am I breathing? How am I standing? You know, how am I moving? Mm -hmm. um, you know, what am I thinking as I'm doing all this stuff? Uh, so it's it really builds yourself from the inside out, and whereas a whole lot of other sports and other activities just focus on the external, what you're doing. Um, with martial arts, it's um, what you're being as well as what you're doing, and what you're being translates into what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And so that really helps with pretty much anybody who has self-discipline problems or has... Um, 
any sort of negative internal state because you learn how to regulate that mm -hmm. a little bit, um, you know, as opposed to just taking it out or not understanding what you're doing or what, uh, not understanding what you're feeling. Because mm -hmm. in order to change how you're thinking, you first have to understand it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Self-awareness, I think, is the most important quality in people because it's, then what's fascinating um, to me is when you find people who are self uh what's it uh, self-conscious but not self-aware like yes. they're like they're just uncomfortable with themselves but they don't know why or how sure. that's always i'm like how can you do that because to me at least they've always been very hand in hand like i behave this way because of this and like you just kind of fall down that rabbit hole right um but that's good that you found that um yeah <laughs> my husband actually has has a problem he has yeah. um we think he has asperger's and he has um it's so that he can't feel his own emotions until they get to a certain extreme. Mm -hmm. So if he comes home and he's like irritated, mm -hmm. he I'll, I'll say, okay, why are you irritated? Whatever mm -hmm. he'll say, I'm not irritated. Okay, so then something happens, something little happens, and then it builds up into like anger or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I say, okay, like why are you angry? He's like, I'm not angry. I'm just irritated. So everything, it, all that awareness is. It's only for the more intense emotions, so mm -hmm. it's harder for him to regulate that mm -hmm. because, you know, it's more it's more easy to regulate your own emotions, you know, before they get out of hand. Yeah, absolutely. So, and I've been learning, too, with my daughter, who also has autism, um, that's how she is, too, when she, she doesn't understand her own internal state very much. Mm-hmm. So when she acts out, you know, she's not able to understand why or able to explain why mm -hmm. or what, what was doing. So we're right now, she's five years old and we're still right now working on labeling the basic emotions like I'm sad, I'm mad, I'm mm -hmm. happy, you know, and the more complex emotions, I'm not sure if she is able to feel them yet or if she just doesn't understand that there's a name for them. Okay. So anyways. That'll be fun when she gets to puberty. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it's already like it's already complicated enough, and then throwing that in the mix, yeah. We don't speak. Is <laughs> that the p word? <laughs> no. Speak. Um, and your your other uh, kid, your son, uh, has ADHD. Yeah. That's right. Yes, we're a fun family. Yeah, that's got to be like. <laughs> we're all bouncing off the walls in different directions. Yes. It's crazy. Oh. Um, and how has that been, like, what it, what steps have you been taking to uh, quell that storm, as it were? Um, mostly, mostly trying to teach him that awareness of self mm -hmm. and the awareness of emotion. And not only his emotions, but how his, how his actions affect other people and their okay. emotions, just working on the empathy. Mm -hmm. At this point in life, I think probably empathy is the most important thing to teach other kids mm -hmm. right now. Oh, totally. Um... Yeah, as a six-year-old, because you're not going to be able to do a whole lot of internal reflection. Not at six. Um, but I was thinking of getting him started in martial arts, and you have to be seven to start Aikido, but mm -hmm. I think Aikido would be a good one for him. And what's that one like? Um, Aikido is is more pacifist. It's more of um, using momentum and positioning and circular motion to get out of the way of mm -hmm. strikes and to you know, channel the other person's energy into, you know, something you can work with, something that's not harmful. Mm -hmm. um, it's very soft, and it's very, um, very, very focused on that internal, um, not only internal state, but also internal morality and mm -hmm. all of that stuff. It's way too soft for me, but it's, uh... <laughs> yeah, I know you know. Um, but it will be good for a seven-year-old who has impulse, impulse control issues, yeah. you know, so I don't teach him, you know, to hit people or, yeah. you know, under, to, because, yeah, they don't even teach jujitsu to kids because it's like, here, let's teach a, a child who has no emotional control how to break somebody's fingers. Yes. There's no way this could go wrong. <laughs> yeah, that, that might be a problem. <laughs> Wait. So I've been teaching him, like, blocking. You know, okay. and wrist escapes, you know, mm -hmm. stuff like that, defensive stuff, you know, mm -hmm. not aggressive stuff. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna probably go that route. Um, I've also been thinking of therapy. It might be helpful for him, but yeah. I'm not quite sure 
if he's ready for that yet. Yeah, seven so, is awfully young. Yeah. Um, I say six and seven because my son is six, but his birthday is in like four days. Yeah, so will be seven. I've been rounding up to mine, so I think we sure. can just round to seven. For okay. The viewers okay. might be confused. Yes, the viewers of my the, yeah. <laughs> listeners. What listen, do you even call listeners? That? Listeners would be it. <laughs> listeners? listeners, okay. Listeners, <laughs> listeners. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, and uh, with with that, like there, uh, there's this concept of uh, monkey mind. Are do they also teach that? Like that's taught in yoga a lot and that sort of stuff. Of this, I'm not familiar okay. with that. Okay. Well, I'm going to drop some knowledge on you. Okay, you um, drop some knowledge. Go ahead. <laughs> no, we're not doing it that way. Um, but it it's basically the idea of, like, your mind chattering and, like, they're giving you a thousand outcomes. And it's basically, they, it's the way Buddhists decide to describe ADHD or anxiety. And um, oh. it's the why a lot of them do meditation is because you get that constant flow. Gotcha. Of thought, and so the idea is, if you focus on your breathing, then you're just asking the monkey in your mind to just think about breathing. Just think about that, and that's all it's doing on gotcha. its plate. And so you kind of quiet that. Okay. Um, doesn't work for me worth a hoot, but it might work mm -hmm. for your kid. I don't sure. know. Um, it doesn't really work. Meditation hasn't really worked either, for that reason, because it's you really have to be able to control your attention like mm -hmm. really, really super well, mm -hmm. and you know, when you're breathing, when you're just focusing on breathing, pretty soon that gets boring. Yeah. Like, after three breaths. Yeah, I'm like, oh, what am I thinking? <laughs> yeah. So then, part of your mind is focused on breathing, but the other part is off in la, -la land. Mm -hmm. So, that's that's where martial arts helps me, because mm -hmm. I, I have movement and other things to focus my mind on. If there is a fist coming at you, you must focus on this, young yeah. warrior. Yeah. 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 If you don't, well then. Yeah, that's your bad. Like, <laughs> then that's your fault. Then you learn really quickly that that's something that you know. Mm -hmm. Hey, you're gonna have to pay attention yeah. to this. There's, I can't remember what exactly uh, what, who said it, but there's this good quote as well. It's like the mind is like a river. It's okay to just keep it flowing. Like it's that idea of like, because a lot of I feel like a lot of people who have like attention problems and uh, anxiety have the thing of they're trying to stop their thoughts. Sure. Whereas if you try and go, okay, I'm thinking this quickly, just try and focus it into one area or just let it all go out, and then you're just going in a rhythm, and then you can both, like pick things that back up again, if that makes sense. Sure, yep. Um, that's what's helped me a lot, because for a while, like um, specifically with the way acting technique, um, Meisner technique, is like you want to empty your mind and just respond to what's in the moment. And I can't do that. I'm physically incapable of emptying my mind. Because sure. when you ask me to do that, I think of uh, a void, and that makes me think of black, and then that makes me think of space, and then now I'm yes. thinking about cosmos with Carl Sagan, and now, like, <laughs> it just goes out. Um, exactly. Yeah, so yeah. Um, there are, like, other ways to channel and, like, focus and being present, and, like, um, the way I think about it is if you just put your attention on the other people, like, and you, all your thoughts slowly turn into thoughts about them, what, what's going on with them, how are they doing, and that sort of thing. Sure. I think that helps a lot, and that also teaches you the double whammy of empathy and right. also focusing your mind. So yeah. that also might be something. Yeah. I don't know to tell your kid when he's like old enough to know, you can't to understand abstract concepts like that. I, right. Yeah. He's he's quite literal. Mm. Like even for a six seven year old, <laughs> <laughs> he's he's quite literal. Yeah. 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 What do you so, mean, like? Well, like. Just when we were downstairs at the kitchen table, yeah. somebody said something that was a metaphor, and I can't even remember what it was. Yeah. But then he interjected with, no, no, that's not how it works. Okay. So I can't even remember. Very cut Stupid. or dry. Yeah. But, like, yeah, like, turns of phrases he still has trouble with, or, hmm. uh, yep, metaphors. That being said, I think your standard for like language comprehension might be very high considering all three of us scored ridiculously high on that growing up that's fair like yeah and that's all thanks to you know it's thanks to both our mother and our father because dad yeah. plays with words and stuff but like um we were going through some of old old stuff in the basement i were you around for them talking about it yeah um and we got a we bunch of <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> a bunch of old grades from our standardized testing that the state did oh, and yeah, like consistently both molly and i don't know if they found yours where they're like yeah, they did. like 
ridiculously high in language comprehension. I'm really yeah. bad at paying attention and taking directions. <laughs> so I'm like, we can. So basically, you're a family of smart asses, are you? Uh, it's that sort of thing. Yep, I think I was, I was in like, eight, seven or eighth grade. Mm-hmm. No, it was it was younger than this. maybe like seventh grade, but whatever. And the test said I was like in fifteenth grade or whatever, mm-hmm. and I was like, yeah. No. Is there a 15th grade? <laughs> I mean, college, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 skills, went, yeah. I, looked at, like, I looked at that and I was like, what? Yeah, that doesn't theory. make any sense. Um, and she's like, "That's just that, that just means you should be in college right now. Mm. I was like, oh. And then I looked at my math scores and I was like, eh, maybe not. Yeah, maybe not so much. <laughs> yeah, we won't go into math. I, w- I rec- remember one of my my German teacher in, in freshman year was impressed that I used the word nor. Nor? Yeah. Oh, like sure. Either or, neither nor. He's like, yeah, most people. And I'm like, yeah, well, that's because they just, I, I don't know. Like, but I remember, like, uh, that that sort of thing. And Sorry, I just have this mental image. <laughs> Go ahead. Of you in German class just learning up the word nor. nor. <laughs> Are you impressed yet, teacher? Uh, no! Well, that's impressive, but not the answer I was looking for. Thank you. Um, Isn't it fun interviewing an ADHD person? You never know where things are going to go. But the thing is, like, you're like the fourth person for me to talk to. Like, and it's this thing okay. of, like, what's kind of fun, and I've, I've talked to, I talked to my friend Margaret about it, she's, um, uh, she has manic depressive as well and like we both were in the same room and like when you get to like hyperactive people in the same, they just like it escalates it's like a bad game of pong sure and there were a couple moments where i'm like i oh, need to settle back down because please sure. uh, <laughs> but yeah um so uh are you doing therapy for your adhd or no no, I really haven't found anything that, any sort of therapy. Actually, I haven't found really anything that works for my ADHD, okay. <laughs> except for martial arts. Um, I tried the medication, and I think I tried every single medication right. that they have for ADHD, and nothing worked, because most of them are stimulants. Yeah. And stimulants, they just make my mind go faster. Okay. They don't. It doesn't help with controlling my attention at all. Mm-hmm. It's just like I, I get more done, but that's only because I'm bouncing around from project to project mm-hmm. super fast. It's not because I'm actually sticking with the project. Huh. Um, and then therapy, I just haven't been able to found anybody who does CBT. Because mm-hmm. um, that's what everybody recommends for everything, basically. Yeah, <laughs> and nobody's no. able to find it because everybody just does talk therapy. Um, Stone Arch Psychology in the cities. Okay, they're really good. I don't know if they're in your network, but they're uh, Joe something or other was my therapist while I was living in the cities, and he's very good. Okay. Um, uh, really jovial guy. Okay. Um, but yeah, um, I also uh, recommend the CBT because it's just it's this thing of like. Talk therapy is great if you're just, like, need to vent and, like, you right. have, like, emotional problems where you have, like, anger issues and you need to do that. But if you have, like, attention problems or yeah, any, any sort that. of, like, internal struggle, you need just practical advice. Like, oh, when you have this thought, shut it down this way. Right. And that's what it does. Um, yeah, I tried talk therapy a couple of times and uh, my therapist and I just ended up talking about psychology. Yeah. Entire time. yeah. We just have, I, I was like, I'm paying you to basically chat with me about psychology. Yeah. And, like, because I understand how, how my thought process works. And yep. that's what they told me, too. It's like, you really have a good handle on how you operate. Like, yeah, I've been doing it a few, yeah. for a few years now. Thanks. <laughs> yep. I don't know if you noticed, but adapting to things like this is kind of difficult. So you have to figure out how. Yes. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people don't. Yeah. So, apparently. So. Yeah. For those people, then therapy might might help. That's know. fair. But, like, I think we were all grew up with, like, an excess of self-reflection. Yeah, I don't know so. where that came from, though. Like, thank goodness it happened. Because otherwise, <laughs> I would just be this destructive blob of, like, booze and cocaine, probably. <laughs> but. Probably with our parents, like, focus on the arts. Because mm-hmm. arts are basically... Mostly self-reflection. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, you can do it just for funsies if you want. But, uh, you know, at, at its essence, you know. Yeah. All my drawing cats as a, a child, I must be obsessed with that. No. <laughs> <laughs> Led to more deeper it puts the seed. paintings. And, yeah. Yeah. Because okay. it starts out with enjoyment, but then it definitely goes deeper. Because I feel like you definitely get bored at a certain point. You're like, yeah, I've been doing this before. Why? And then right. once you figure out why you're doing it, then you go from there. Well, it's all about expression. The yeah. arts are intrinsically about self-expression. You can't express something that... Well, you can express something that you don't understand. It just doesn't usually turn out very well. Looking at you, Gogon. Um... <laughs> I don't know what that was. In it. Anyway, um, yeah. I, and do you think uh, the your the temperament, your natural temperament, like, do you think it was nature and nurture that like drove you towards more of a creative streak growing up and like currently, or both? Um, yeah, it was a definitely a, a huge helping of both. Okay. Blended together in a very violent blender. <laughs> <laughs> Magic bullet of tears. Um, yeah. This is the so magic we, bullet of the tears. tears. That was my childhood. <laughs> no, it was like, I actually had to have a childhood. Don't. Yeah. I, I'm being dramatic as usual. Yeah. <laughs> it's this thing of like, I, I feel like we all left out in as much as we all had a, like a fairly happy childhood, but I know right. for a fact that we all kind of had a lonely childhood in as much yeah. as like we didn't have many friends and we were kind of isolated. But well, I always seem to have a lot of friends. What's yeah, because she's gregarious. Yeah, she's gregarious, like typical middle child. Um, <laughs> just overdoing it, <laughs> but it is this thing of like, um, man, I had a thought. Uh, no friends, loneliness. Yeah, that's just every day. It's like <laughs> a, it's like a tree in South Dakota. It's a South Dakota thing. Yeah, because you see, you you see like endless miles of prairie, mm -hmm. and then just one tree, right there. We don't know where it came from. We don't know how it got there. It's like, it has no friends. It's lonely. It's, it's a, a lonely, lonely tree. tree. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. No, that was great. I was just like, where'd she go with this? I want to know. It's good. It was great. Um, the symbol of our childhood. It is the lonely tree in the in field. South Dakota. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it is like, all right, we, but we all like definitely had a like, happy childhood, but like they were all kind of isolated and i think that's definitely i think homeschool yeah i think that was a reason we all decided to go into the arts in some sure. or another is because we were like well yeah number one i have all this free time <laughs> right <laughs> yeah because we get all our work done by noon and then you know we go off and read a book mm -hmm. or whatever putter around yep um paint all the uh furniture in our room yeah yeah i remember you doing that a lot yes i did do that yeah. You did too. Well, you set up your Warhammers. Yeah. And they were very intricate. I suppose. I mean, to my eye, you were like a kid, so it just looked like splashes of paint here and there. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it was probably very, very good for like your age at <laughs> well, that thank time. You. I, the, the problem with, with you and me when we were kids oh. is I always thought that you should act like my age instead of your age. I see. Because I just didn't understand, for some reason, that children behave like, you know, children. their age. <laughs> they are, instead of the age that you want them to be. I see. <laughs> that would be the problem that we had. I do remember, like, moping around a lot, going, ah, oh, Krista thinks I'm an idiot. And I'm sure... I did. Yeah, Sorry. It's fine. Like, and I was kind of a jerk. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. But, you know, that's fine. Uh, you move on. <sighs> it scarred you for life. Uh, no, I don't think so. I think it, um, I don't think it scarred me. I think it lamed me. No, um, <laughs> um. Cause well, I, I would have been uh, a great human being, <laughs> except I took an arrow to the knee, or, I mean, uh, my sister. <laughs> a sister to the knee, which is how they do it in Alabama. <laughs> anyway, um. Exactly I'm sure sorry, viewers at home. I mean, <laughs> listeners at home. <laughs> no, you're fine. It's good. It's wonderful. Um, but yeah, that's. Uh, but yeah, I know it definitely. Like, but I think there's a, a difference between like this. Sounds like I'm being very polite, and that's not. 
I'm, I'm not being rude, but I'm not, like, just blowing smoke up your butt. But I think there's a, a difference between, like, scarring someone for life and then just shaping who they are. That's true. And, like, yeah. one is, like, they're, that's, like, scarring for life is, like, oh, they have PTSD from this thing. Whereas, like, right. this is, like, oh, maybe I should be quieter. Sure. Because the yeah. thing was, like, had that you not been, like, constantly pushing me down to shut up, I probably wouldn't have learned, oh, some people don't like this chatter. Oh, that's fair. I did kind of punch you every time you opened your mouth. Yeah, yeah. I have a very vivid mm. memory of um, me talking to you about something about Star Wars, and I think it was something to do with pod racing, and I'm going off, and it's been, like, 30 seconds, and I just seen your eyes, like, you're done, but <laughs> I still haven't finished my idea. Right. <laughs> and you just, like, sigh, and then just hit me straight in the nuts. Like, just... Oh. <laughs> yep. Uh, so if I have well, weird children, I'm gonna blame you. Okay, that's fair, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't mean to destroy your equipment there. No, but, I, well, uh, trust me, for anyone listening, she has not destroyed my equipment. <laughs> it's... No, I'm, I'm pretty sure... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was like, how's she going? How are you going? Did you paint yourself into a corner there verbally? I think you did. Yeah, it's just... Uh, cut. Cut. <laughs> Do a different take. Okay. Um, but uh, how difficult is it? At, like, I have no idea about this next thing I'm going to ask you. What's it like okay. being a mother? Um. What's that? What, what do you do? Uh, what do I do? A yeah. thousand different things. Okay. Like... I am mostly tested on my patients. Okay. That's that's the huge thing, at least with me, with being a mother, is your patience gets pushed so hard. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like having, like, 10,000 needs. Just me or you? No, you. Oh, me. You. Yes, because you're, uh, you're like, the annoyance in my head. I'm sorry. That's why, I, like, <laughs> I kind of figured... <laughs> Like, I want to bug this person. What would Tristan say? Okay, let's do this. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. Yeah, I get it. Uh, um, there, Trist or er, Taven is very much like. Yeah, look into that later on. Like, yeah. like, oh, don't follow in these footsteps. Um, no, I was actually gonna just like ship him off to you to deal with once he hits puberty. I think you know about that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, am I allowed to say shit? Yeah, yeah, podcast? I know. What the okay. fuck ever you want to <laughs> farting well say. Um, okay. I was going to say another word, and then I realized mom might actually listen to this one, and I don't want her to hear me say that word anyway. Okay. Well, yeah, Sensation. so my patience gets tested quite a bit. Um, and that might also be because I have a child with ADHD and mm-hmm. a child with severe autism. Yeah, so it en- encompass- encompasses a lot of my life. Mm-hmm. I can talk. Um, yeah, it, it does. Uh, you have to learn about so many different things. Like, you have to navigate the school system, for mm-hmm. example. And, of course, being homeschooled, I did not know anything about the school system. I just kind of showed up with my kid and said, here, take it for a while. Yep. You know, give it back when you're done. You know, just stuff some knowledge in his pe- head and, and <laughs> drop it back off at my house and we'll be all good. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I had to, you know, navigate like IEPs and parent-teacher IEPs is individual education plans. Um, Mm -hmm. That's basically when your child doesn't fit into a box. Um, You have to have an IEP so that they can document that the child is learning a different thing than Mm -hmm. the rest of the class. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, in my daughter's case, you know, she's learning how to share and she's learning how, you know, to use the body and all this other stuff, you know, that a lot of kindergartners, you know, they've moved on from that yep. by the time they're in kindergarten. So, you know, they're learning, you know, how to recognize words and stuff. She mm-hmm. might just be recognizing letters still mm-hmm. or writing her own name. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. What else was I saying? Oh, yeah. You have to learn how to navigate, like, the healthcare system mm-hmm. a lot more than... If you were just, you know, going around being an adult with no kids, mm-hmm. um, because then it's just you and your own issues as opposed to, you know, all the issues in your family and, you know, dental appointments, health appointments, eye appointments, you know, lots and lots of therapy. Yeah, I'd imagine. Um, yep. So I had to learn a shit ton of stuff, which is good. I can learn. She can be done. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
having fun with your kids. You okay. know, take them to the park and watch them be a kid and try and learn from their, you know, existential happiness mm -hmm. and, you know, exuberance at the world and, you know, try to absorb that into yourself so you don't go completely, completely <laughs> nuts. Um, trying not to go completely nuts is, is also a essential building block of being a parent. Okay. It's a constant struggle not to lose your shit. <laughs> That's definitely going to be the, the, the quote I tweet. It is a constant struggle not to lose your shit. Krista Miller. Yep, that's, that pretty much sums it up. Yeah? Yep. It's actually a lot easier being a, being a parent than a wife. Yeah? Like, yeah. I think relationships are really hard. Because, like, you don't expect anything from your children. Like, well, that's good. I think a lot of people, no, like, honestly, no, I think a lot of people do expect things from their kids, and that's oh, why that's they fair. have such a, like, mom and I actually were talking about this earlier, and, like, that's one of the main reasons she had a hard time with us growing up, because she, she wanted certain things to come out certain ways, and then sometimes that, that's because fair. we're people, you don't get to con have control over that, but right. continue. Exactly. Um, yep. Yeah, because yeah, I don't expect them to, like, show me gratitude when I give them a cup of juice, basically. Mm -hmm. I mean, I teach them to say thank you or whatever, but mm -hmm. I don't expect it. I don't expect, like, them to be, like, appreciative of all I do around the house because, because they, you know, it's just there. Yeah, they don't know it yet. Right, yeah. Hopefully they, when they get older they will be. Hopefully, yeah. yes. Yeah, but, uh, I don't know, even when they're teenagers, it's uh, not a whole lot of appreciation. No, but no. you don't really expect it because they're kids. They just adapt to whatever's around yeah. them. So they think, you know... <clears throat> You, like, working your butt off to help them is just, you know, the normal thing. Yeah. But, you know, you expect it of your spouse to, you know, show appreciation mm -hmm. and reciprocity and also have to make all these decisions together. Mm -hmm. You have to manage stress together. You have to coordinate things together. And there's just so many things in life that you have to do well together mm -hmm. that, you know, when it doesn't work, that strain just kind of... Yeah, she's making claw face, hands. That's true. I'm sorry. I'm trying no, to no, 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 you're fine. My hands, but Do they're it. all over the place. Ooh. Yeah, she looks like a mattress person. <laughs> but yeah, I would. <laughs> um, I would imagine like, and that's always been like communication is the number one thing. I, yes. I've always looked for, and someone, a uh, significant other, is always like, can we talk? Well, right. can we resolve issues civilly? Or is this going to be a yelling match? Because I don't yell, and I don't like like to yell. That's fair. And if you make me yell, we have a problem. That's fair. But yeah. Yep. Yeah, there's so many different pieces to the puzzle. And, like, you, you expect so many things from a partner, especially when you're trying to build life together. Mm -hmm. That's the other thing, you know. Do you want, you know... It, when you look into the future, is it a similar future to what your partner sees, you know, because you're both working towards that and you should be working towards a similar future together. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when one person wants to do this and another person wants to do that and it's, you know, diverging, mm -hmm. uh, it's, I think it's a mess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, relationships are very messy. I don't. <laughs> I mean, so is kids, but, you know, you're kind of stuck with yeah, that is kind of a given. It's like, oh, well, we're together until one of us goes. Yeah. Whereas with relationships, you kind of have to actively make that choice every day to go, yeah, I want to exactly. be with this person. I want to make this work. And that's difficult to do. It is. And, Especially when, like, you're PMSing one day and you're yeah, depressed the other day and the other day, you know, your tension's going wee. Yeah. That's a hard thing dealing with mental illness in a relationship at all specifically because I find a lot of people find one aspect of a person that they really like and they cling on to that and that's, that's like fair. the core of why they want to be with this person right and then they kind of ignore all the bad stuff for about three months and then they start to notice whereas you have to go okay this person is a full human being they're right. gonna do a lot of things that I don't like exactly and so you just have to work with it because everyone's good and bad. Like, that's like mom right. and I were talking about this earlier as well of like, um, we have this huge problem where things are very black and white. They're polarized these days, which yeah. is uh, frustrating as all hell because, and the extreme example is let's take Bill Cosby. Awful okay. human being. Terrible. He's a monster. Really funny. The Cosby show is great. Right. He made these really great things. Yep. He was a very good 
example of how to behave as a father on that show. How do you balance that? Right, yeah. And that's hard for people to come across because people want to just go, okay, every, because he did this terrible thing, and admittedly it's awful, it's bad, 100% of any good thing has no meaning now. Yeah, Whereas I... Yeah. Which I don't agree with at all. Yeah, I don't agree with that either, but... Because... He, you do have to take it into consideration, though, especially if you're, like, looking for someone to look up to. Oh, well, that's different. But, you know, I, I think you can appreciate somebody's good side while also denouncing their bad mm -hmm. side. I also have this theory of whatever greatness you achieve, um, the people who achieve, like, the, the, the highest heights, you know, the yep. most fame, you know, the biggest discoveries or whatever, have to have, like, a balancing darker side and like some people have have ordinary lives and you know their dark side isn't all that bad yeah and i was kind of talking with molly about this too because mm -hmm. she said like her dark side she kind of embraces it but like her dark side doesn't like it, she doesn't have like the urge to like just you know do violence yeah. or you know you she's know, very really impish bad. Yes. Like, it's like, yeah. oh, I'm clever and trickstery, and that's how I'm a bad person. It's like, no, you're just a smartass. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, it's not, she, her, her dark side is not that dark. Mm -hmm. You know. At whereas, least towards other people. Yes. Yes, yeah. at least not towards other people. Yeah. And I also have, have this awareness, too, that some people's dark side focuses on other people. Mm -hmm. And some focus, focuses uh, it <clears throat> inward, uh, like you were saying, Bill Cosby. Versus, like, Robin Williams. Yep. You know, their good? their dark sides were completely, went in completely different directions. Mm -hmm. Yep. One was towards the self, one was towards other people. Yep. For sure. Yeah. Um, and it is, but, like, going back to, like, the relationship things, like, once you realize that people are full people. Right. They make mistakes. They make, good people make bad decisions right. every day. And... Once you kind of accept that, you can kind of, then you're mature enough, I think, then to actually have a feasible relationship. Sure. Like well, a, yeah, if you can't accept another person's flaws, then it's it's going to end horribly either for you because you're, like, horribly disappointed in this person and, mm -hmm. or for the other person, they're going to get, like, traumatized because they're not, you know, you're not accepting them. Mm-hmm. You're expecting them to constantly be perfect, so you're going to give them, like, some sort of complex. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I must always be perfect. I yeah. must never do any wrong. And I think it's, um, also, like, I, th I think people who are happiest are people who are trying to be good people. Right. Um, Mark Maron says this thing of, I don't think I'm a good person because I think I'm a good person, and if you think, if, no, let me try that again. I don't think I'm a good person because... I question whether or not I'm a good person. If you're a good person, wouldn't you just know? And uh, I fundamentally disagree with that. The reason yeah. I'm as good as I am, and you can put whatever qualifier you want on that, is because of the fact that I go, I'm not a lot of the time. And so I'm fighting against that 100% of the time. Sure. And so when you fight against something 100% and it's only 50% that day, that's an extra 50% of good that you've done. You know what I mean? Yeah, I understand it. Yep. yep. And I think the happiest people are the people that are trying to constantly be better. And th sure. that's also, like, my rationale of why I'm never satisfied with anything in life. So, you know, there's that. Gotcha. Take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it works a little bit differently for me because I don't try to suppress my dark side. No, really? Yeah, I don't really. I, I try to live in balance with it and, like, bring it out when it's appropriate. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it sounds really familiar because I was just talking to Molly about this. Yeah, Molly, if you're listening, I'm sorry. I'm repeating our conversation. She doesn't listen to the podcast. Okay, never mind that. Uh, not because she doesn't like it, but because she has this weird thing with like ambient voices. She doesn't like them. Okay. Like if there's just some voices, it freaks her out. Like and and I'm like, I don't want to mess with that. Okay. That's fine. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm a disembodied voice. Ooh, it's Halloween <laughs> soon, children. <laughs> <laughs> that was really creepy. Oh, good. I'm glad. <laughs> uh, you I, just took my fun silliness <laughs> and just turned it into some. Nope, nope, leave it alone. <laughs> um. Right, so, yeah. 
about tonight? I don't know. Um, relationships. Squirrels? Yeah, both. Okay. So squirrel relationships. <laughs> oh, next How to that. Works. <laughs> Is it run really, really fast? When a daddy squirrel and a mommy squirrel love each other, very nuts. Nuts? <laughs> nice. <laughs> I swear I can talk. Thank you for listening to me. Oh, God. That's not great. Um, it is like, I was watching, like, you, Taven, like, be alive. <laughs> um, well, that's good. Interact with the world. And, okay. like, it is like, he's, like, saying stuff. And, like, I'm like, where is that coming? And, like, that being said, I understand, like, the brain's kind of, like, on shuffle all the time, like, when you yep. put on an iPad, so, iPod, so you kind of, like, you get weird ideas mixed together, and that's one of the main reasons I think people with um, any sort of hyperactive disorder are tend to be a little bit more creative than most folks, because right, sure. they constantly slam things together in their mind, and... Right. And, and then you go from there, or, like, it, the way I've always described it is things rhyme. Okay. You know, one will lead to another, will lead to another, like, the way you would in a stanza of a poem. Okay, sure, yeah. Sense. But yeah. yeah. He definitely has a lot of tabs open in his brain, and <laughs> he, he tries sounds out, mm-hmm. like I remember you doing when you were a kid, mm-hmm. and, you know, the jokes, the knock-knock jokes that oh, yeah. were horrible, he did that too for a mm-hmm. while. Wow. So. I'm sorry. Um, it's okay. It was a short, short-lived phase, unlike with yourself. Yeah. I'm still doing it. Catch me at the comedy cellar. I'm lying. Um, well, those those are actually jokes that make sense. <laughs> I was the just, ones I'm talking about are like knock knock. Who's there? Orange. Orange who? I just say an orange, like that. It's that very. Is, <laughs> you know that doesn't. It's not funny at yes, all. No. <laughs> I get it though. Um, two things. Number one, this is a. Delving into absurdism. That's all he's sure. doing. He's just like experimenting with absurdism, and I respect that. And number two, it's it is like finding like um, there's this thing that I, I don't want to put too much pressure on you as a parent, but there is this thing. If any any pressure, too much. But the main thing, like any comedian has. The, the common thread is always like making your mother laugh and so it's like okay. it's you find that and then that's your sense of humor for the rest of your life pretty much what this would thing, make your mother laugh yep what makes your mom laugh and like getting your positive attention from your parents that oh, way gotcha. a lot of it's that and like the other thing is like noticing I, I don't remember what it was like to be six or seven but I hear it's a lot like what it is for him to be six seven yes um, yeah. he's six foot seven it's really impressive <laughs> Um, he came out that way, and that was, uh, it was like a tacky puller. It was like, uh, Mike TV at the end Al? of the Wonka. Just saying, how? Yeah. Like, how would he even... Like, it was like a taffy puller. Just like a, yeah. It was like a magician with a scarf. It just kept going, well, kept going, like, kid, and did, kid, and kid. You did witness it, or did you not? No, no I left the room. I left the room because right. I was smart and didn't want to see feces that day. I, I saw a picture just the other day of mm-hmm. you... Hold, I'm, yep. hold, I'm holding... Yep. My child, and Molly is sitting there, mm-hmm. standing there, right there, looking at the child, and you're just you're standing there looking at it like this. Yeah, yep. Like <laughs> wide eyed. Is this? You thing? know, um, that moment in um, Jungle Book with Bagheera when he first sees Mowgli. Yeah. It was like that sort of like what? Am I here? <laughs> wide eyed. This thing appeared out of nowhere. Now it's a human. Oh, I don't know how to handle this. Yeah. Um, well, you were also like what? Sixteen, yeah, at the time, yeah. yeah. I remember uh, finishing Hitchhiker's Guide, so thanks for that. Giving me time to do that. Which, oh yeah. Ace Ventura: Pet Detective Two twice. No problem. While I was screaming my head off and uh, getting an epidural. Yeah, yeah. No. Didn't you just like choose to do it too late? No, it was not too late. I I just labored for hours and hours mm. and hours before I decided maybe an epidural would be a good thing. Because mm. it wasn't progressing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So that was that. That was how Taven's birth. Yeah. What the hell's that like? What, childbirth yeah. or getting an epidural? Because Both. that Okay, well, childbirth, <laughs> it was really, really, really painful okay. for me. It was like getting... Okay, so you know, grenades is like you swallowed a grenade and it was slowly blowing you up from inside. Ugh. That's how that felt like. Um, also, while you're getting hit in the back with a sledgehammer. Nice. That's how Taven's birth basically felt like because I had painful back labor they had to induce me mm-hmm. um so they gave me pitocin 
that's the drug they give you to speed up things or the hormone they give you mm-hmm. and so yeah that that felt horrible um i labored for hours you know screaming not being able to progress because i couldn't relax enough you know that my body could just do its thing mm-hmm. so then they they gave me something like to take the edge off and like it it was a fast acting thing and it didn't last very long mm-hmm. so i would like just immediately went to sleep <laughs> like they get, like they gave me that. I immediately went went to sleep, and then woke up when it wore off, and then yeah. all this pain came rushing back. And I was like, "Epidural, epidural! I can't, you know, as soon as yesterday. I needed an epidural as, <laughs> yeah." Hand it to me now. It should. Why is it not in my hand? I yeah. don't understand. Yeah. Well, you can't do it well, yourself because yeah, it's a needle in the back yeah. or whatever. I didn't even feel the, that needle. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure not. I think your your mind would have been on other matters. Yeah, yeah, it was. And then uh, with Draca, the labor was a little bit better until she got stuck. But um, she basically, it was definitely pain. It felt like something was squishing my internal organs. But, like, it was also pushing down, so mm-hmm. I knew it was kind of working. Mm-hmm. So it was it was barely tolerable, but it was tolerable. Then she got stuck. That's when I punched the doctor. You punched the doctor? Yes. Yeah. This is news to me. <laughs> she was trying to get the... Um, Drake unstuck. Yeah. Drake is my daughter. Um, and so she had her hand way up in there. Like you do. Yeah, like you do. And so then I started contracting. Mm-hmm. Well, that was the worst pain I'd ever felt in my life. Mm-hmm. I don't remember anything after that, basically. I just remember pain, 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 pain. Um, I blacked out the rest. Apparently I punched a doctor. Mom witnessed this. Molly witnessed this. The doctor witnessed this, obviously, because he got punched. (laughs) So there were witnesses, but I don't remember anything. And then, like, I woke up and, or, like, you know, came Mm -hmm. back to myself, and everybody was staring at me. I was like, why? But, you know, I I, I asked for the epidural at that point because, you know, when you black out from pain, then maybe you need Mm -hmm. something to take the edge off a little bit. Yeah, maybe. If I ever get pregnant again. I'll take the pregnancy test, epidural right after that. (laughs) Just be like, nope. (laughs) Give me an epidural right now. Nine months of this. I can't take it anymore. I would imagine. I got sterilized, by the way. Yeah. You were just like, no no more of this? No, no more of this. Well, I can barely handle the two I have. I can't imagine. Plus the other two that came with your husband. Two stepkids, which they are teenagers, so they're mostly self-sufficient. I don't have to, like, grab them from in oncoming traffic. Yep. You know, they can, like, almost always not die on their own. Uh-huh. So. Yeah. That's, you know, they're a little bit more independent and taken care of than that. I still have to do a whole bunch of things, but it's not as, you know, stress, panic, you know, life-inducing then, mm-hmm. or inducing. Well, anyways, stress-inducing, stress whatever life-threatening. Um, then whereas if you know mm-hmm. my daughter's guzzling down paint, then yeah. that's you know panic. Ah. Yeah, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah. Ah, indeed. Uh, uh. And it has happened before. It's a thing. That kid gets into everything. Yeah, she seems like kind of a troublemaker. I, th- I don't think it's like she's a troublemaker. I think she's just, like, it's the it's the thing of, like, she just doesn't understand what's... What... Right, she has no fear. She yeah. has no fear of poisoning. She doesn't understand poisoning. Yeah. You like... know, if something looks good, then maybe it tastes good. And yeah. if it tastes good, you know, then maybe I should eat everything. Yeah. She's into nail polish right now, but at least she doesn't eat it. Good. She puts it on her fingers, but, you know, she puts it on her whole hand. Okay. That's Which good. Is, you know, you know, better than ingesting it. Yeah. But still, you know, you can try find places in your house where you can keep all the things that are potentially dangerous for children, and eventually you run out of space. Where did I put that rat poison? Yeah, yeah we don't have rat poison. I would in imagine the house. that. I would imagine that that'd be the first thing to go. Yeah, we do have bleach. That's difficult. Yeah. Well, um, we kind of need bleach every once in a while. Yeah. Um. Did you, was the decision also to get sterilized also because of the dealing with kids with different mental wirings or is, was Partially. It, yeah. Because I, before I had kids, I was very off and on about whether or not I should even have kids mm-hmm. knowing 
Well, at that point in time, we didn't even know like the full extent of our medical history. Yeah, we it's just been very knew. fun discovering that for the last few years. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. But yeah, we didn't know about the bipolar. We didn't know. I didn't know about the dementia. Mom probably did. Mm -hmm. Um, but um, we we just knew about the depression. Yeah. Basically, and at that point in time, I was like, well, you know, should I really bring a kid into this world knowing that it's gonna have to, you know, deal with these setbacks first of all and then second of all with depression you know if it's severe enough you know you wonder if you should even exist yeah and i don't want you know i didn't want that on me to bring a child into the world that fundamentally doesn't want to exist mm -hmm. you know it's like the children i have they may have difficulties yeah. but there's they have a fundamental joy mm -hmm. within them that I know that it was the correct decision to bring them into this world because, you know, they want to be here. This is this is what they are doing. They're, you know, soaking in life, you know, getting all the experiences that they can and, you know, enjoying it. Um, but, you know, I didn't want, I, I definitely did not want to be responsible for bringing somebody into this world that did not want to be here. That's fair. And I don't think I could do that. I can't, don't think I could bring a child into this world knowing that we have such history um, of, you know, so so severe of mental issues yeah. that it might very well turn out to be that this child commits suicide or that this child is a danger to others. Yeah. Um, and I also think that, like, I don't need to add any more to the population. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> that's that's definitely fair. If if I want more kids, I will adopt. I have no problem. Yeah. You know, I have no hang-ups with adopting. So yeah. that's what I will do if I want kids down the road. Right now, I've just focused on the ones I have mm -hmm. because I only have two hands. Yep. And I have two kids for those two hands, and my hands are full of that. Good. Yeah. Good, Plus good, all good. the dogs and cats and whatever I have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's something I very much was thinking about a lot of, like, when I was in, like, a serious relationship, there was a lot of talk about kids, like, I don't know if this is such a good idea. Sure. Like, also specifically, like, uh... I think it also depends on who you're with, too, because yeah. if you have, like, severe issues yourself, you definitely, and you're with somebody who also has a history of severe issues, you know, you have a... A increased chance of mm -hmm. having a kid with severe issues. And the other thing is, like, also knowing what I know about myself now, which is like, uh, I I need to learn to handle myself better. Like That's I fair. like it was one of those things of like <laughs> the thing I used to the joke I used to do was like I don't want my kid to turn the corner and go why is dad crying again? Like yeah. it's that sort of thing. Like I don't want to have to have a kid that is like oh my dad's not okay all the time. Right, sure. And also, like, that just, saddles them with a little bit of insecurity. Yeah, and burdens them with, like, trying to figure out, like, what's my fault, what's not. And, like, it's right. gonna be 100%, it's gonna be not their fault at all. Right, but, but kids have this thing of blaming themselves. Yeah, kids are very self centered. Yeah, they are. Because their world is small. And right. it, it's only when you reach your 20s do you realize that you have an existential crisis on your hands because you are <laughs> nothing. You are nothing in the eyes of history and the universe. And then you have to learn to reckon with that. Sure. That's why every 20-year-old is concerned about their legacy, which is bizarre, because they are so young. Yeah, I was 21 when I had Taman. Okay. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. I'm like, that's three years ago for me. I was like, I couldn't do that. What were you thinking? Um, <laughs> Oops, the condom broke? Is that what you were thinking? Yeah, but no, what, I'm sure not. my life my life felt very empty and it yeah. felt self self-centered. And I was like, well, you know, what's the point of going out and doing these things? You know, they're not going to last. They're mm -hmm. only benefiting me. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to actually make a difference in somebody else's life. Why not create those people in the first place? <laughs> Since no one's around me as per usual, I must make my own people to help. Yeah. That's fair. I hadn't I hadn't thought of that. But, you know, that's, that's kind of how my thought process went. Plus, I was really, really missing kids. Because before that, I worked with kids. 
Yeah. I was child. I did childcare, babysitting, childcare, more childcare, mm-hmm. tutoring. I tutored kids with special needs, which really helped me down the road. Yeah. You know, it's so funny that how was that. a thing. That was a thing. Yeah. But uh, so yeah, and then so I was missing that contact with kids, and you know, decided it was the right time to have some of our own. Plus, mm. you know, Chris was not getting any younger. He's my husband. His name's Chris. Is he's <laughs> eighteen years older than me, so oh. he's you know not. Didn't realize that it was that severe of a gap. Yeah, yeah. That also... He's our parents' age, which is kind of weird, you know, but uh, it's okay. And uh, it also also explains a little bit how he's set in his ways. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like, because he's always been kind of curmudgeonly to me. Yes. Specifically to me. He and I don't get along. (laughs) Um, he's not a bad dude, but he and I don't get along. Like, our personalities just don't right. mesh. I'm, yeah. I'm fire, and he's stone, so I get it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, but that makes a little more sense of, like, this is how it is. This is how I've seen the world for the last X number of years. Why would I change now? Right, like, yeah. Which is a gift of the old, um, that they get, like, this is how I see it, and then why would it change? Whereas I think the, the best thing you can do, and I'm not whatever works best for you in your own life, whatever. Um, but I think the way I come from is uh, constantly trying to figure out what other I can learn from other people. Right, yeah. And I think if you keep that throughout the rest of your entire life, you're a, a better off because everything's sure. changing all the time. Yep. Well, part of it is he's not really focused on people mm. because his Asperger's or I say alleged Asperger's. <laughs> he's not actually been diagnosed, so nobody take me as a medical professional. But yep. anyway, his, the way his mind works is it's more focused on things, more focused on animals, mm-hmm. you know, hence the farm. Mm-hmm. Um, and not so much focused on other people. Yeah. He doesn't have as much in common with other people as, mm-hmm. you know, say I do. I'm... I go to a person and I see something in myself. Yeah. You know, it might not be much, but, but you know, there's something there, you know, we can, if, if I was like trapped in a tiny room with one other person and told to like talk about something. For an hour problem, perhaps? Yeah. Well, perhaps in front of microphones. <laughs> yes. <laughs> basically. But I can connect with you like yeah. you're my brother, blah, 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 blah whatever. There's a, yeah. there's a stranger I can probably connect and yeah. on some level. Mm-hmm. He'd probably just, like, sit and stare at the wall. Okay. Because he just doesn't have that connection with other people that most other people have. Does that sentence make any sense? Yeah, sure. Okay. I think it conveys meaning. Um, and sidebar, uh, uh, my understanding now is that autism is now on such a wide spectrum that there's, like, there's not a, and strictly an Asperger's thing. It's on, That's like, true. like, tier one, right. tier two, tier three, and that's correct. Yep, that's okay. correct. Now it would just be called high-functioning autism. Yeah. I still say Asperger's because there have also been studies that show that people's brains with um, autism mm-hmm. um, differ from those with Asperger's. Yeah. You know, not to a huge degree, mm-hmm. but uh, enough that I can make the distinction mm-hmm. in how they... It's just subtleties in how they operate. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, nowadays, there's no Asperger's. It's yeah. high-functioning autism. Yeah, and I think, though, like, uh, I think the thing that I'm going to, like, end on pull away with, like, with this is, um, what's kind of cool, and this is what Molly said to me when I, when I was talking to her about, like, do I want to have kids? Because I right. have this thing, what if I give it to them? It's all a very, like, Aragorn-y sort of thing. Gotcha. Um, like, uh, and she's like, well, number one, you're going to be better equipped to deal with them than anyone else because you go through it yourself. And number two, all the good things that have come because of this thing that you have. Sure. And, like, I think it's um, important to look at people with mental illness as differently able but still able. Right. Because even, like, something that has a harsh stigma like uh, autism. Right. There are very gifted people who have autism and Asperger's, and like the classic example, of course, is Einstein. They right. theorized that he was autistic and so forth, and um, it's because you look at a world differently, and that you get to see the kind of full yes. spectrum or the full like the holes where other people haven't painted in yet. Yep. And that's important, I think. 
Yes, I agree. There's very, I, I'm, I'm also very much in that camp. Um, that I think that, you know, people with mental illness also have some something great to contribute to the world. Um, and it's really only, even with dealing with, um, you know, my kids with ADHD, my kids with uh, um, autism. Most of the difficulties that I face as a parent with a kid with special needs is other people and society. You know, a lot, of, you know, there's, there's like the whole not being potty trained thing and that's a huge thing. Yeah. But most of the difficulties that I face come from the way society is structured. Yeah. The way people expect, you know, kids to behave. Mm -hmm. um, if, if. Since there are so many special needs kids out there, you'd think that the world would shift a little bit to be more accommodating. Mm -hmm. It has not yet. Yeah. I mean, people are pushing, and the parents especially are pushing and pushing and pushing because the it's, it's asinine, basically, that, you know, you go into a Walmart and you can see, like, you know, adult depends or whatever, but you can't find... Um, like diapers for children, you mm -hmm. know, with special needs, even with autism being one in 88 or however many it is. Yeah. It's still relegated to, oh, this other world over here. Yeah. Not mainstream at all. Yeah. And some of it is is just like the conveyor belt type society that we live in, where yeah. we're shuffled into queues, told to wait in line, grab our stuff get out of there as quickly as possible, you know, mm -hmm. whether that be school, where they just basically push you through hoops, you know, the supermarket where that's exactly what it is. Yep. <laughs> you know, driving through town mm -hmm. to get from place to place. I mean, that's how our society works, and mm -hmm. it's not built for people who are different. Yeah. That needs to change. Yeah. Agreed. Sorry, there's my monologue for yeah, today. That's good. <laughs> no, Write my good. diary, check that off. <laughs> But I think we're going to wrap up with that. So that was good. Thanks for doing this. Yep. High five. Okay. <laughs>